This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Easy Does It Barbecue Radio Show on KPPF. This is Dan McDonald. I'm the owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters at 5921 North Academy Boulevard in Colorado Springs. And the website's 719bbq.com. I've got a lot of information on my website, such as recipes and my barbecue classes list. So stop into that and give it a check. See what you think and let me know. Thanks for tuning in today. Today we're going to talk about grilling. As Americans, you have earned the right to grill your burgers. About 80% of American households will grill. And I know it is a barbecue show, but... I like to cover all kinds of different outdoor cooking methods, and grilling is certainly the most popular one. So the first question that most people ask me is, what is the difference between grilling and barbecuing? A lot of people actually use those terms incorrectly. For example, I'll have a lot of people come into my store and say that they were barbecuing burgers. Technically, you're going to grill burgers, and I'm going to explain here in a minute. So the main difference between barbecuing and grilling is the way you cook it. And what I mean by that is if it's indirect or direct cooking, direct cooking is just that your meat or your food is directly over the heat source, whether that is a gas flame on a gas grill or an infrared element on a gas grill Uh, can be a number of things could be hot charcoal that you got going. So whatever your heat source is, if the meat or the food that you're cooking at the time is directly over that heat source, then you're grilling. That is direct cooking. Now, what you do in your oven, in your kitchen, and what most smokers do and people who barbecue, that's indirect. That will include convection-style cooking, smokers that have a firebox over to one side, and the smoke and heat travels through a vent into the food chamber, goes across whatever you're cooking at the time, usually meat, obviously, and vents out of a smokestack. So that's indirect. It's still having heat, of course, applied to it. And in the case of barbecuing, many times we add wood to that heat, which generates smoke and gives that meat more flavor. But again, direct versus indirect cooking. And when I say indirect, if you can picture a Weber kettle, which is those spaceship type looking grills that all of our dads used back in the 60s and 70s, even something as small as that, if you push the charcoal over to one side of the grill and place your meat to the other side of the grill, so it can be literally six, seven, eight, nine inches away that is still considered indirect cooking. You may have to rotate that meat as part of it may be facing towards a hotter part of the grill, but you're still indirect cooking. I use my old school Weber kettle for a lot of uh, indirect cooking and barbecuing quite often when I want to do, as I call it, old school with charcoal. Otherwise, I'm a big fan of the wood pellet grills and We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. For today's show, I usually like to bring up a list of items that you may need when you're grilling, and this show is going to be no different. And some of the accessories or the items out there that are very handy when grilling are a good set of tongs. When I say tongs, I'm talking about the, you know, the little, the items we use that we always, us dads, have to click together several times for some reason, whether we need to or not. You want to make those tongs longer. 
They obviously are used primarily to flip meat or take meat off the grill. The longer they are, the better because you're going to be away from that heat source. If you've ever used like six inch long tongs and you're cooking over very hot charcoal, you can lose the uh, hair on your hands and arm very quickly. So usually the tongs will run anywhere from 13 inches to longer. And all the point is, is to get your hands or human skin away from that heat. So there's no problems with that. An apron. Yes, believe it or not, an apron comes in handy. I remember years ago, I never wore an apron. Seemed kind of foolish to put that on. It seems something that people put on on TV. But then after you get some tomato-based barbecue sauce spilled on your good slacks or you get some charcoal dust on your nice golf shirt that you're wearing that day, you'll realize that an apron has a great purpose, and that is to protect you and your clothes from embers in some cases, but mainly grease, things like that that might ruin your clothes as you're cooking. For those of you gas grillers, which is really primarily most of what people are using these days because it's very simple, a gas tank gauge is a nice feature to have. It tells you how much gas you have in your tank. Nothing more frustrating than planning an entire afternoon to grill out with the family or having friends over and you're out of gas or you run out of gas during your cook. That's even worse. Make sure your gas tank's full, especially if you're going to be doing any longer cooks or repeated cooking for a number of people. Um, grilling mats. What a grilling mat is... And what I'm referring to, because there's a couple different things you can refer to with grilling mats. One of them is a silicone mat that you put down on the grill and cook on. That's not what I'm referring to here. I'm talking about something you put under your grill. Now, if you have a nice deck on your house and you have a grill sitting on that deck, realize you're cooking in that grill. And if you have a smoker, you're going to have creosote. You're going to have grease. You're going to have things like that that could possibly drip off your grill or smoker. It's not to say there's anything wrong with that, but that stuff can find itself in the smallest of nooks and crannies. And if you've ever tried to clean up dark grease or creosote off of your deck, it's not a fun experience. So get yourself a grill mat. I carry them at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. They're a very popular item. Uh, the item I carry is actually a recycled grill mat and you can put it under your grill it'll even protect pavement because again if you've ever had grease drippings on your pavement you know it's not fun because pavement is porous and it's not fun to try to get that out there's a product out there called grill grates i've talked about them in previous shows and i'll talk about them in future shows they are made of anodized aluminum and they're plates that sit over your old beat up grill grates or in some cases people will literally replace their grill grates with these Again, they're made of anodized aluminum. They'll never rust. I have one that sits on my demo grill at the store, and if you come into the store, I'll show it to you. You can see what they look like. They're flat on one side. They have fins or ribs, if you will, that stand up on the other side. Those ribs get very hot, and it enables you to sear. The beautiful thing about grill grates, though, is when you are cooking directly, and again, that's what we're referring to today for grilling is cooking directly, as the meat is subjected to the heat, it obviously renders some of the fat. And as the fat drips down, you get what are called flare-ups. Most of us have always, all of us have experienced that at some point in our grilling careers. The good, the, there's good and bad about flare-ups. The good is that as the meat is dripping down onto your hot charcoal or into your flame or whatever heat source you're using, it's a lot of times vaporizing. And if it's not catching on fire, then what it's doing is it's 
providing flavor for that meat back up. And it's just wonderful flavor that we all like to have. Um, if you get too much rendered, then you'll get a flare up and that can be, you know, that could be bad. And then it'll literally burn your food, not to mention it could burn your hand as you're trying to flip the food. So that takes us back to those long tongs or long spatula to get your hands away. The bottom line is grill grates are an awesome product that you can use uh, while you're grilling directly. And I'm talking over charcoal or gas, whichever. Mittens or a pit mitt, they call it, which is usually a cotton glove, has fingers, and then it has silicone on one side. It allows you to pick up semi-hot items. Uh, Leather gloves are what I use. I carry a leather glove at the store that goes all the way up to your elbow. And again, the nice thing is I'm just protecting that air on my arm uh, from flare-ups or hot charcoal or what have you. The leather gloves are very padded. They're very insulated. You can pick up hot cast iron and whatnot off of your grill. Uh, Whatever you have on there, they're great to use. Or if you just have intense heat, you can use the gloves and flip your burgers or whatever with them. A grill brush or a cleaner, I've talked about this in the past too. You always want to keep your cooking grids clean. Obviously, we want to definitely keep them clean of bacteria. Once you turn your gas grill or get your charcoal going, once it's over about, oh, about 140 degrees, Uh, you're going to usually kill the bacteria off anyway. If you have what are called porcelain-coated cooking grids, you are going to want to be careful to protect that porcelain. Porcelain will help sear, but more importantly, it'll protect the steel that it is surrounding. Uh, If you use a cheap steel brush, um, no offense to some of the bigger box stores out there or things like that, but you have to be careful with those cheap stainless steel brushes as they can scratch the porcelain off. Uh, Plus, some of those cheaper brushes can possibly have a tendency to lose their brush, and that's not something you ever want anyone to consume. The other thing I will tell you is you definitely want to make sure that after you use a grill brush that has uh, bristles on it, I don't care what you paid for it, always wipe the grill grates down uh, before or after your grilling. The last item is I mentioned a spatula along with the tongs. You want a long spatula. If you are a chimney, or excuse me, if you are a charcoal person, then there is an item out there called the chimney starter, and it's just a great way to get charcoal started. I'm going to go into that in a minute here more as we talk about charcoal because there's several ways to light charcoal. Um, There are vegetable baskets out there. For those of you that are either healthier or you might be vegetarian, you might be vegan and still would like to grill, you certainly can. Um, You can grill vegetables. Uh, Vegetables are an awesome uh, item, food to put on the grill. I like to toss them in a little olive oil and put my favorite rub on them and then I will grill them over direct heat and it's just a wonderful way to enjoy uh, something a little healthier. Skewers. Uh, Skewers can be either made of bamboo usually or they're also uh, metal. Uh, When you get skewers, these are what most people use to make kebabs, and they'll do that over direct heat. Um, There are several uh, cooking methods called hibachi, where it's basically just a small, uh, really a small grill for all practical purposes with either a flame or charcoal, and you take your meat, skewer it on or, or slide it onto the skewer, and then cook it and rotate it. I carry a product that's kind of neat where you put the skewers in and you turn a knob and they automatically turn for you so you don't even have to mess with them. 
If you get metal skewers, folks, I really recommend you get what are called V-shaped. One of the things that's annoying when you're trying to do kebabs or something like that, or maybe you've just put some chicken chunks on a skewer and you want to make a little yakitori or something. If you just get a round skewer and you go to turn it, oftentimes the meat will just spin around it and will not turn. And that's pretty frustrating. So get yourself some V-shaped skewers, sell them at the store. Lastly, When we're grilling, we tend to use a digital thermometer that's called an instant read. And all that is is something you can take out of your pocket, quickly stick it into the food or the meat, and it will tell you instantly the temperature. And so it's a great way when you're grilling chicken or what have you, hamburgers, steaks, whatever, you can check the temperature. Me mind on fire, me soul on fire, feeling hot, hot, hot. I want to mention a couple things about temperature. There's a couple... Fahrenheit temperatures that's important to to remember. I mentioned one that uh, about 140, after you get above 140, you're pretty safe in killing any bacteria at that point. But anything over 140 is going to kill any bacteria or microbes that might be in that grill. Now, obviously, you want to keep keep an eye on mold. If you haven't used your grill, well, one, get out there and use it, folks. You shouldn't have mold growing on your grill if you're using it. One of the things I want to tell you about is at 310 degrees Fahrenheit, there is something that takes place called the Maillard reaction. And that's basically when your meat starts to brown. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, what that, what that means and why that's so important when we grill meat. At 325 degrees, that is considered the ideal cooking temp for crisping up chicken skins. I mentioned in a previous episode on poultry that chicken, obviously, a lot of times comes with a skin. And if you cook it low and slow, it can cause the skin to become rubbery. And we want to crisp that up. And generally, that means turning up the heat or being over direct heat. Lastly, between 570 and 750 degrees, That's what's called primary combustion, and that is when hardwoods will smolder and then softer woods can actually combust. And we may want that if we're grilling, but we may sometimes want to be careful of that as well. Here's your easy does it barbecue IQ. I want to talk about a doneness chart, Um, and basically what I mean by that is Usually it's just something simple that we all have around. I sell a magnet at the store that shows all of the USDA recommended doneness for meats and what temperature that is, is what I'm referring to. So for pork, that's 145. Poultry, it's 165. Now beef is a little bit different meat for us. Pork and poultry can be more susceptible to things like bacteria and so on. So we definitely want to follow the recommended temperatures when it comes to pork and poultry. Beef, however, we can get away with some more rare all the way up to, dare I say it, well done. So beef can go anywhere from about 110 to 155 or higher internal temp. 110 to 120 is what we call blue. It's also referred to as a Pittsburgh way of doing a steak. And basically it's just extremely rare. Uh, The joke is you just wave the steak over the flame and it's been cooked. Um, It's not a way that I prefer, but understand, guys, remember, when we're talking about grilling or barbecuing, there is no right way to do it. The right way is what you and your loved ones like. So if you like your steak rare, then that's great. If you like your steak well done, well, I'll have a suggestion about that in a minute. 
most of us, the most popular choice that people choose when it comes to beef and certain cuts like steaks, hamburgers, and so on, tri-tip, rib roast, is medium rare. Medium rare is about 130 to 135. Now, these temperatures are guidelines. If you look up on the internet, the doneness of beef, you'll actually find some varying temperatures with that. So again, you go by what you like. 128 to 130, give or take, is what I like. As we go up more, we get into medium. And what that means, by the way, when I say rare or medium, is actually the doneness of the meat. The meat, the more done it is, the more brown it's going to look. It may come, may have a, a gray look to it. But as it's more down or done, it'll become more brown. Medium well, 145 to 155, and well done, 155 and over. Now listen, everybody, I know some of you are shaking your head saying, why would anyone have it well done? Well, again, remember, it's all personal choice. Some people prefer their meat to be well done, and I'm never one to shame anybody with their taste buds because we're all different, and what we like is what we like, quite frankly. Well done, though, I will say this. I would not recommend spending a lot of money for a cut of meat to get well done. When you cook beef to well done, it doesn't matter whether it's a $30 steak or quite frankly, folks, a $4 steak, you're really going to get the same result. So I don't recommend going out and spending a lot of money on Wagyu grated beef or very expensive ribeyes because if you're a well done person, Consider yourself lucky that you can get away with cheaper cuts of meat and you're going to get the same result. Here's your easy does it barbecue IQ. I want to talk a little bit about the types of grills. Uh, When we're grilling, obviously the most popular is gas. And we have two types of gas that's very popular to use. The first one's propane. And those are the ones that have the 20 pound tanks. Usually you can get other sizes, but your most common is a 20 pound tank. Most of us have all seen them. You can get those tanks refilled as long as they're not past their expiration date. And yes, propane tanks have expiration dates where they basically strip them down and rebuild them. You can take them in nowadays to some of the big box stores and they will trade it out for you for a brand new one uh, that's full, of course. The other option is natural gas. Now, natural gas has its conveniences, but there's some things we got to be careful with it. Natural gas basically runs off the gas that runs right into your house. So the beauty of that is no tanks. You pretty much have gas at your disposal at any given time. One thing I would caution, though, is if you ever hook up a natural gas smoker, grill, pizza oven, any outdoor cooking device, I recommend putting some kind of timer on it. Natural gas will just flow forever as long as you let it. If you don't turn it off, it'll just keep going. A propane tank can run out. Obviously, natural gas, if we let it run like that and, God forbid, somebody walks by it and lights up a cigarette, that could be a dangerous situation. So when you have natural gas installed, first of all, always use a professional. Secondly, put some kind of timer on there so that if the gas is accidentally left on in, say, an hour, it will turn itself off and that will be much safer for everyone. So again, we've got gas grills. That makes up about 80% of American households. Then we've got charcoal, and that's very popular. It's a cheaper option generally than gas. There's a couple different types of charcoal. There is briquettes, 
Kingsford's probably the brand that comes to mind when we think of that. All of our dads back in the 60s and 70s, at least mine did, use that quite a bit. There's also hardwood lump charcoal, and that's what I encourage everyone to use or get into. Burns a little hotter because of the different size of pieces. It allows better airflow through it, and I think personally it provides better flavor. The main thing about hardwood lump charcoal is it's all natural, depending on the brand. Fire up the briquettes. We got us something to celebrate. Guys, with the briquettes in the charcoal, you have to understand there's quite a bit of chemicals that actually go into that. A briquette can have everything from wood char to mineral char to mineral carbon to limestone, and that acts as a binding agent, to starch, to borax, it can have sawdust. So there's quite a few things that can show up in briquettes, whereas hardwood lump charcoal is just that. It is all natural wood that's just been depleted of its moisture. We also have infrared. Infrared came out around the 70s, and basically what it is is it's a heating element that's run by gas that gets very intensely hot. Now, There's a a wild myth about infrared in that people think it cooks the meat. What it actually does is it heats up the air inside of the grill and allows the meat to cook that way. So it's a very interesting way to to cook meat. It's a very labor-intensive way. Actually, any grilling is. You cannot put a piece of meat over an open flame and walk away. You need to stand there and uh, move it and flip it. Charcoal, there's several types of grills you can put charcoal in basically any container, light it, and put a grate over it, and you can cook over it. So charcoal is very easy. It's portable. It's been used for quite some time. Uh, There are the Kamado-style grills that are out, the ceramic grills, without a heat deflector in them. Those have direct grilling as well and are very popular. So again, with charcoal, you can use anything. If you get on the internet, I've seen all kinds of strange things people have made charcoal grills out of. Here's your easy does it barbecue IQ. I want to talk about the steps to start grilling. So there's some safety things we got to think about here. When we have a gas grill, we always want to check our gas grill for leaks. Easiest way to do that is take a little bit of dishwashing soap, add just a maybe a tablespoon of water to it. You really want more soap than water. And if you take a light brush and brush that on all of your connections, If you have a leak, you'll see a bubble, and that's a great way to find out if you have a leak uh, anywhere. And if you do, you want to deal with that promptly. Check your propane bottle for the amount of gas. I mentioned that earlier. Make sure you have enough to do your cook. Light the burners and let them heat up on high for about 10 minutes. Or, in the case of charcoal, make sure they're fully ashed over and let that run for about 5 minutes, just again to burn off any bacteria and so on. You want to clean your cooking grids before you put the food on. It is okay to clean after, but I always recommend at least giving them a a wipe down or of some kind like that before we put the food on. When we're finished cooking, we always want to make sure we turn that gas off. If we don't turn a propane tank off, well, we're out the 20, 30 bucks for the tank, which is kind of a bummer, but it will run out. Remember the natural gas, it'll keep going. If you're using charcoal, In my opinion, it is fully fine to go ahead and choke off the charcoal in your grill if you're able to do that. And what I mean is deplete all the oxygen. The charcoal will eventually go out, and quite frankly, I'm cheap enough to reuse it. And I don't think there's any problem with that. Some people, if you have a ceramic grill, will not choke off the charcoal because when the charcoal's choked off, it gives off 
yeah, kind of a rancid smoke, and that could seep into the ceramic grill. So those of you that have those, you may want to be leery of that. I want to talk about what I mentioned earlier, and that is the Maillard reaction. <coughs> Maillard is spelled M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. What it is, is it's a chemical reaction between the amino acids and the reducing sugars that give brown food its distinctive flavor. Now, if your oven can get up to 500 plus, you can put a burger in there and you can put a steak in there and you can grill it. Grilling can also be defined as high temp. Remember, now we're doing it indirectly in our oven for the most part because you may have a convection oven or you probably have an electrical element oven gets hot and then it turns off and it usually has a rheostat. The Maillard reaction is what happens to the surface of food when we subject it to that direct heat, whether it's electric, whether it's gas flame, whether it's charcoal, whether it's a wood fire, whatever the case may be. So in layman's terms, when the meat is introduced to high heat, it starts to turn brown and it gets a crunchy surface. We often refer to that as char. Now we don't want too much char because that means we've burnt our meat, but A little bit of char is something that our taste buds seem to really like. This usually occurs around 280 degrees Fahrenheit to 330 degrees Fahrenheit. So you do not have to crank up your grill to 1,000 degrees to achieve this. You want to pat your meat dry when you put it on the grill. Wet meat will steam, and if you get steam, then it may not brown as well. So pat it off with a paper towel or something before you put it on. You can even spray it with a little bit of olive oil or something of that case. I want to talk just real quickly about health risks about grilling. There has been a big to-do in the last decade or so about is it dangerous to grill. When wood burns, as we know, there's something called carcinogens that can be released from that. There's very scientific names, and I'm not going to get into those. I'll let you look those up. The carcinogens, which are also referred to as HCAs, they're formed when those amino acids I talked about, sugars and creatine, which is a substance that's found in muscle meat, react to high temperatures. Uh, As long as you're not eating all three meals a day of something cooked over, folks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, recommend to be too terribly worried about this. Most of us usually cook out maybe a couple times a week, and we won't consume enough that's going to cause a problem. Uh, if you are concerned about that, though, the answer is grill your meat so it does not char. Now, yes, you're going to lose some flavor, but if it's something that you or your family are concerned about, just grill either indirectly or at a high temp or just do not do not let the meat char to a safe temperature. The key is not to only cook over an open flame, really. You use a two-zone method, which is the indirect method I mentioned. You have your heat source over to one side and your meat to the other, and that's going to save on any, any health issues. Uh, we want to avoid flare-ups as well. So if you're concerned about that, that's an easy way to, to fix that. Real quickly, using charcoal, I mentioned earlier, use a good quality charcoal. The cheaper the charcoal, just know that it's probably got chemicals in it, and it's going to give off probably a not great flavor. Uh, Every bag of charcoal that is all natural, I will tell you, will have debris in it. It is perfectly natural to have maybe a rock or two in the bag. Uh, That is not 
really a problem with the companies. Now you don't want things like fiberglass, rusty nails, or big chunks of concrete. If the brand of charcoal you're using has that, it's time to switch. Couple ways to light charcoal. Obviously with gas grills, we don't have to worry about it. We just put a lighter on or we push an igniter that has a, a spark and it lights right up. Charcoal, you need the light. A chimney starter is very popular. Uh, you can use paraffin cubes that are thrown into the charcoal. It'll take a while. There's charcoal starters. There's electric lighters that you can use. There's all kinds of other things that anything that produces really a flame or high heat will light your charcoal. Lastly, real quick, top grilling mistakes that people make using petroleum products to get to light your charcoal. You want to spread the lit charcoal after it's ashed over. Many people will spread their charcoal too early and that'll produce not so great smoke and flavor. Grilling at too high of a heat. I don't care what anyone says. Nothing needs to be grilled technically over about 400 degrees, really. You start getting up over and you can grill, but you're also asking to damage your grill and so on. So I don't recommend doing it. If you saw too early and that sauce has sugar in it it will burn and that will ruin your meat obviously running out of fuel is a big mistake so everybody that's our show today we talked about all things grilling i want to remind everybody that come into the store colorado barbecue outfitters at 5921 north academy my website 719bbq.com i'm available for any questions you have everything i mentioned on today's show i have available in the store some people haven't lost sight of what memorial day is all about on behalf of kppf and colorado barbecue outfitters we hope you have a great and safe memorial weekend thanks for listening to easy does it barbecue brought to you by colorado barbecue outfitters specializing in pellet grills charcoal grills electric smokers sauces rubs and barbecue accessories online at 719bbq.com see you next saturday at one for easy does it barbecue and listen to the podcast on podbean